Uh, I don't even know what really to call this uh, podcast. So for right now, we'll just call it the Untitled RSO Fantasy Football Dynasty Podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Joe. If you don't know me, I am Heisenberg in one league, and I am rolling with my homies in Jeb's commissioned league. Uh, Jeb? Yeah, I'm, I'm. Just call me the commission. I've been doing this for a while. Uh, in Joe's league, name's gonna change. I'm also uh, Gringo with attitude in the. Uh, I'm sorry, Gringo wit attitude in the. Uh, in my league. Um, so yeah, that's about enough on me. All right. So we're gonna jump into the NFL draft today. We'll jump into rookie rankings, and then we'll uh, talk about a few transactions in both leagues. Uh, as this podcast hopefully goes out right before both rookie drafts. Uh, in the NFL draft, obviously, Jeb, Joe Burrow goes number one, no-brainer to the Bengals. Would you have done the same thing? Uh, I would say, yeah. I, I, his last year was probably probably sealed the deal, so why not go with Joe Burrow? you got yeah. uh, a lot of weapons, and you got a strong young quarterback. Uh, I heard a lot over the draft that Mel Kuyper had him ranked going into the season as a six-round pick, and he jumps up all the way to the number one, which is crazy. I think a lot of that had to do uh, – let me know if I'm wrong, but maybe his last year in, in college based on that production because, I mean, he kind of didn't have, didn't show like he was going to be a number one uh, quarterback uh what it's sophomore junior year didn't just those signs weren't there and then he just blew up his last year right um uh another notable pick obviously you've got Tua. i'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name going to miami herbert to the chargers um a lot of people thought those were interchangeable um i think obviously Tua is probably the better prospect i don't i don't not scared of his injury history at all I would agree with that. I like uh, I, I like the size of Justin. Um, it's Tua. He's got the hip injury. That's kind of a big deal. That ended Bo Jackson's career pretty much. Right. Um, um, the, the only thing about with with Herbert that would probably uh, have me scared a little bit is being another Blake Bortles clone. That's true. That's true. It, it was the same offense that Scott Frost took from Oregon, his time in Oregon to UCF. Oh, also the the fact that now again last year I had I assumed that uh, Herbert might come out his junior year and, and yeah I, last year I had him yeah I had him as a top five guy and he didn't come out so right what's, he kind of hurt you know, his draft stock he had like a worse year than he did last year yeah but still still really good still yeah effective. um. Biggest surprise, obviously, the first round was the Green Bay Packers selecting Jordan Love as probably the eventual replacement for Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron. Quote, unquote, eventual. Yeah, I mean, this year, it, and the funny thing is, it's right around the same age that Aaron was when he was drafted to replace Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah, sounds like so, you're riding the ball for sure. Yeah, it comes full circle. Um, I don't really see Jordan Love starting for at least two years, not even next year. So not not this coming season and not the current next season. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to ride the bench, and they're probably going to do this the right way. What about the trade rumors? I've, I've heard a couple of trade rumors that he could – that uh, well, not a couple, but especially one that he could land in, in, in Denver, which I thought was odd, but it's, it's out there. 
Right. I mean, if I were Aaron, I'd be pissed. I'd be like demanding a trade. Trade me now. But he's still got a pretty good defense around him, and he still does have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, which is can be said for more than some teams not even having a number one RB or wide receiver on the same level. But yeah. uh, after that, probably the next biggest uh, surprise was Jalen Hurts getting drafted by Philly in the second round. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I don't watch enough Eagles to say, you know, Carson Wentz is definitely not the guy, so I'm not going to say that. But, I mean, I guess that's plan B, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think he's had a single season where he hasn't been injured at one point. Excuse me. Uh, I can definitely see Hurts probably getting in at least one or two games with Wentz getting hurt this year or at least getting in a couple snaps as a gadget player a la they see him like Taysom Hill. Sure, sure. So what what kind of uh, what kind of quarterback is Jalen Hurts? I haven't done a lot of homework on. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a running quarterback. I think he's a lot closer to um, our MVP last year. Whereas, but I don't think he's as as fast, obviously. But um, man, I, I I really do like Jalen Hurts a lot, even from his time at Alabama. Hmm. I gotcha. All right, so uh, let's jump into our rookie rankings for the upcoming fantasy rookie draft in both my commission league and your commission league on RSO. Uh, okay. Let's start with uh, running backs. Going number one, or I would pick if I had the 1.1, uh, man, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Chiefs, uh, he was drafted in the first round in the NFL draft. I mean, it's he's... A perfect fit. A lot of people were questioning why they didn't take Taylor or didn't take Dobbins or Swift. I I can understand why. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, probably the best receiving back out of those top three or four running backs. Um, and he's a third. He's an every down back, first, second, and third. And definitely uh, the future of the franchise, that running back. Uh, reminds me, watching him, he reminds me a lot like, Kareem Hunt when they drafted him a few years ago out of uh, Toledo. Uh, yeah, I would agree with most of that. I would agree with most of that. I don't know if I'm convinced that, uh, I mean, landing spot probably is what pushes Edwards Alaire into the number one spot, but I think Jonathan Taylor is still the better running back. I mean, if, if, if Jonathan Taylor had landed in Kansas City, I mean, would we He's saying that Jonathan Taylor would be the number one guy. I mean, that's probably me. I, it might be. It might just landing, be the offense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, offense definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, I've got Jonathan Taylor at number two. Um, yeah. You know, like you said, drafted by the Colts in the second round. Um, yeah. If the Chiefs had drafted Jonathan Taylor, I probably would have put him number one. Um, as a Chiefs fan, man, I am kind of happy they didn't draft Jonathan Taylor because he has a lot of fumble issues through college. 18 fumbles and I believe 13 lost. Well, see, was that – okay, so, yeah, I'd heard the same thing too, but I thought it was – is it Swift that had more of the fumble issues than, than Taylor? Uh, Swift had some fumbles, but Taylor had more. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, who is your uh, number two? So, yeah, I got, I mean, again, I, I got Jonathan Taylor one, and, and I would put Edward Hilaire uh, in the number two spot. Okay. I, I still feel that talent-wise, Taylor's the guy, but, again, the fumbles could end up haunting him. Who knows? Yeah. 
Uh, at number three, I put J.K. Dobbins, who was drafted by the Ravens in the second round. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was a monster. 2,000 all-purpose yards at Ohio State last year. Um, goodness. Uh, landing in a run-heavy offense with the Ravens definitely skyrocketed him. Um, but, of course, he does have Mark Ingham in front of him, which might take most of the carries. But uh, Dobbins going to get his this year. Yeah, for that reason, you mentioned it there with the weapons and, and the, you know, having Mark Ingram and, and Justice Hill, who they just drafted last year. I I think I would push Dobbins down a spot and, and maybe throw in Cam Akers there. I, I think Cam Akers is solid, and he lands in a great spot with the Rams. And, and again, they, they find ways to, you know, take advantage and utilize running backs. So, I think we're close there, but yeah, I would probably move Acres ahead of Dobbins just because I think Acres is going to get more of a more opportunities early on than Dobbins is. Dobbins, solid, solid. Uh, so, do you have Acres at your number three then? I do have Acres at number three. Yeah, why not? All right, tell me what you love about Acres. Just how he just looks like a complete back to me i don't know he doesn't look like a a gadget where he excels in just kind of one area he just looks like a guy that you could see doing doing a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and i don't know i think the rams will, will will find ways to get him involved early and often uh, as so, far as, again, as far as Dobbins goes, I think the Ravens, I, it's just crowded it just feels crowded i mean Dobbins could definitely end up being the guy but I mean, I don't know. With all those guys in there, do you just, you just throw? Uh, I think he definitely you know, jumps Hill. Hill off to the side. Oh yeah, I mean Hill. Hill is mostly a receiving back, a, a lot smaller yeah. than Dobbins. Sure. Uh, I think Dobbins definitely jumps into the number two spot. Uh, definitely a R, RBC with uh, Ingram. Okay. Uh, I've got DeAndre Swift at number four, drafted okay. by the Lions in the second round. Swift was, I mean. Look at the running backs that came out of Georgia recently with with, uh, Nick Chubb uh, before him. Man, DeAndre Swift, he he could be so good in space. He's so shifty. But the thing that has me have all the way down at four is just because of the fact that he's with the Lions. And, yeah, he can become their bell cow. And they do have Carrion Johnson coming back from injury. I just, man, I don't trust that organization with running backs at all. The sad thing about DeAndre Swift is, uh, you know, going into or, or before the NFL draft happened, I probably had Swift as a number one guy. Again, I had, I had, I'm going off of tape and, and talent and things like that, but, you know, he had some issues there. But I think before the NFL draft happened, I had Swift kind of as the most complete, talented back. Right. He, he was my 1.1. Um, right. And then there was 1.2, and Alaire was probably like 1.5 or 1.6 for running back. Yeah, it's just unfortunately where you get drafted. But yeah. um, and then yeah, after Swift, I had Acres, who was like we said, drafted by the Rams in round two. He played behind like one of the worst big schools in college football. The yeah. offensive line was just horrible at Florida State, but he has a great opportunity to become the number one day one. In L.A., um, it just all depends on how that competition plays out between him yeah. and last year's uh, second-round draft pick, Darrell Henderson, by the Rams. 
I think that says a lot about Akers there too. Is what you said with the offensive line. He one of the worst, or or just a bad offensive line, and he managed to be you know top five running back as far as rookies goes in the yeah. conversation. So that says a lot about a guy. Yeah. Uh, who do you have after those five players? Uh, based on landing spot, I I looks like Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, he lands in a spot yeah. where. They just cannot make up their mind in Tampa Bay. I, I, I from the get-go, I was not a, a Jones fan, and I think Keyshawn Vaughn has an, a great opportunity to to land uh, the lead spot there. So based on landing spot, now he's he's not as talented, and I'm sure you'd agree with the, the five guys that we mentioned before him. But mm-hmm. not, you know, he's not bad. He's not yeah. bad at all. And most definitely, if there's anything we can go off of, is Tom Brady. A la James White loves to pass to his running backs if it's five times in a row or ten times in a row. So I think that's the only reason I've got Keyshawn Vaughn so high, drafted by Tampa Bay in the third round. Gotcha. No, I Uh, I agree with that. uh, As my last running back, uh, it was kind of a toss-up. I'm going to go ahead and put Anthony McFarland Jr., drafted by Pittsburgh in the fourth round. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding James Conner. And James Conner had a great uh, breakout year two years ago with the holdout from Le'Veon Bell. And then last year, he got injured after injury after injury. And I think he tried to come back too early, got injured again. Um, and so I think this might be – and, uh, yeah, they did draft uh, Benny Snell, and they also already have Jalen Samuels. But uh, Anthony McFarland seems like a Pittsburgh running back, kind of three-down back, do-it-all. Yeah. I would probably I, I I'm kind of looking at my rankings now, and after I gave it a second look, I think I would slip uh, Antonio Gibson in there. Okay. I, I think he's got a great opportunity. I mean, you got an aging Adrian Peterson. You, I, I think uh, Chris Thompson was released, and then you have uh, guys who just can't seem to stay healthy. So why not a guy like Antonio Gibson? Gotcha. All right. Uh, moving on to our top wide receiver rankings. Um, I don't know who you've got, but I think it was such a great wide receiver draft. But as far as wide receivers where they were drafted to what team, a lot of them were drafted as the number two or number three. There's very few drafted to start as the number one right away. Um, so I've got C.D. Lamb drafted by Dallas in the first round. He's already got Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup in front of him. They could put CeeDee Lamb in the slot, and he could just flourish right away. Um, But as far as talent-wise, I think he was the best receiver coming out of the draft. So I put him number one. I, You know, as much as I dislike the Cowboys at at times, I would probably have to agree that CeeDee Lamb, uh, between – Opportunity and talent and potential. I think C.D. Lamb probably leads the pack. Okay. Um, at number two, I put Jerry Judy from Denver, drafted in the first round. Uh, he does have Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton both there, but um, I mean, I'm sure it probably wouldn't be that hard to supplant Deshaun Hamilton as the number two guy in Denver. Um, uh, Jerry Judy was so good at Alabama. Uh, it Kind of reminds me of Amari Cooper a lot. All very similar in size and weight. Yeah, I don't have Jerry Judy high at all, and I don't know if it's just, and maybe that's because of what I feel 
with Drew Locke. I mean, again, I don't I haven't seen enough of him, but uh, Jerry Judy, I had him high, and then after the draft, I moved him down multiple spots. So I, I actually have T. Higgins as my number two guy, just because I think he's pretty damn good, and I think he, uh, I think he'll connect well with his young quarterback in in Cincinnati, and you, you know the Bengals. You know, just like the Broncos, they'll probably be down in a lot of games. And um, because I don't know if they've answered some of their defensive situation um, or, or areas that they need to address. But I think T. Higgins gets a lot of balls thrown his way, even with A.J. Green, who I think is getting a little old. And uh, Tyler Boyd, who I have no problem with Tyler Boyd. But I, I see uh, I see T. Higgins as the number two guy in Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, I've got a surprise pick as my number three wide receiver coming out of the draft. Uh, I put Denzel Mims number three. Uh, he goes into probably the only situation out of all these wide receivers to he might have the potential to start as the number one receiver on that team day one as the Jets outside of Jamison Crowder have nobody at wide receiver. Um, and Denzel Mims being drafted by the Jets in the second round. Um he had big playability, uh, but I think him playing at Baylor hurt his draft stock, as we've seen past Baylor wide receivers not do so great in the NFL. But I do like uh, the ability for him to start number one right away in New York is why I've got him as my number three wide receiver. I don't have him as number three, but I definitely have him in, in the group of these top guys. I um, I don't know. Maybe that comes down to just talent-wise. I mean, Mims looks looks good, and he's he's had. There's what Calvin Johnson comps with with Denzel Mims, especially as far as uh, size goes. Yeah. I, I mean, Sam Darnold seems to show some some promise there, so that may not be a bad spot. I I do, again, I do have him a little bit lower just because it's the Jets, and I don't know. I just. <laughs> just bias. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have Henry Ruggs as my number three guy right now, I, and, and I probably kind of second guess that to some extent, but I think Henry Ruggs was going into the draft probably the number one or two guy. Um, I, I think I had T. Higgins and Ruggs as my one and two guys on the receiver side of things. So I still feel Henry Ruggs is talent-wise has a lot of opportunity, and I think he's kind of in that same boat where he could probably stand out a little bit. I mean, well, you got, you got Tyrell Williams and Gosh, I don't even know. Who do the Raiders have for receivers these days? Um, uh, so they've got Tyrell Williams, and they've got uh, Hunter Renfro. I would they, put didn't they pick up some, I, they, I thought they picked up a, a, a free agent in the offseason that was a decent receiver. But either uh, way. Well, let me uh, let me pull up their depth chart here real quick while we're live. Depth chart. I mean, if, if we had to say, hey, you know what? what, uh, what? Zay, oh, you're Nelson Aguilar. You've they pick up Zay Jones, too. too. Nelson yeah. Aguilar. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, Henry Ruggs, I think Henry Ruggs is better than all of the, all those right. guys he's named, he's including Tyrone. So I, I think you could see Henry Ruggs, um, at a minimum, uh, a number two wide receiver for the Raiders. Now, that's not saying a whole lot just because it's the Raiders, but um, talent-wise, I think Henry Ruggs stands out. Right. I, I loved Henry Ruggs and the rumors that maybe the Chiefs would draft up yeah. to would Niners. trade up to draft him. Uh, but it's just the fact that he's buried on that roster behind Tyrell, behind Hunter Renfro, probably behind Nelson Aguilar. He could probably beat out Zay Jones. You're saying buried. Look at these names you're you're calling out. I know. I'm telling you right now. Above Hunter him. Renfro has already got a connection with Dave Dakar as his slot. Yeah. 
kind of Julian Edelman type wide receiver. If David Carr's smart, he'll make Henry Ruggs the third his number two wide receiver at a minimum. <laughs> is, is, it, hard. is it bad that uh, a wide receiver that I'm comparing to uh, Julian Edelman is another wide receiver in Hunter Renfro? <laughs> I guess it depends on the quarterback. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what Carr's got up his sleeve. Maybe he likes Renfro. I've heard a lot of good things about him, but come on. I mean, we're talking Renfro. L- listen to the names. Renfro and Ruggs. I mean, which one kind of says, you know what, that's the guy I got to Right, get. but you're not going to put Ruggs in the slot. You're going to put him on the outside and have him do a go route. Maybe, maybe. All right, so maybe. at number four, so I had Ruggs at four. At number okay. five, I had Justin Jefferson drafted by Minnesota in the first round. Uh, man, depending on where Jefferson was going to land, I was really high on him. I felt like he was going to be a great slot wide receiver in the NFL coming out of LSU and that championship offense. Um, but you kind of have someone similar to him already in front of him, obviously as the number one in, um, uh, help me out here. Wide receiver, number one Vikings for the Vikings. Uh, Adam. Thielen, sorry. Yeah. Thielen. Gotcha. Uh, but he can definitely probably be the number two or, at least number three at a minimum right away. So at three, so you said you had Mims at three. Yeah, I mean, I got again, I got Rugs at three, and then and my fourth would be Justin Jefferson. So I agree with you on on that analysis of opportunity. I think um, they, you know, when they traded uh, Stephon Diggs away, that really opened the door for a guy like Justin Jefferson. I was big on Justin Jefferson. He was kind of my sleeper wide receiver that I had no problem putting in the top three. And even then, even with that said, I could still see him in the top three of my rankings because I could, you know, Ruggs and Jefferson, I could flip-flop those guys and, yeah. and have no problem with it. So um, so my number six, I've got all the way down, is T. Higgins. I think he's a tremendous talent, but you're going to have a rookie quarterback coming in, not a whole lot of off-season programs to get acclimated with each other. You've still got A.J. Green there. You've still got Tyler Boyd there. And you still have Auden Tate there, all in front of T. Higgins is why sure. I got him down at number six. But, like, his potential past year one, year two, a lot of people say, okay, it takes a wide receiver to really come into their own in year three. Look out for him in his second and third year to possibly become the number two or even number one, being a bigger wide receiver if A.J. Green happened to leave in the offseason. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Again, I, I think he gets – opportunities early and often but um you know on tape doesn't scare me at all uh, tyler boyd tyler boyd's starting to come into his own i like tyler boyd a lot uh aj green i mean he what, what's happened with aj green the last couple of years and he's a great receiver but in injuries i mean he's starting mm-hmm. to get up there he's at what i, I think aj green is 29 or 30 maybe even older yeah i think he's going on uh 30 age 31 season yeah so that's kind of that that peak year for wide receivers you know historically is is those early 30s and so you start to see somewhat of a decline um you know again not for everybody but there are uh, as a total you do start to see a decline probably in 31 32 range but aj green just has been hurt. So I think, again, T. Higgins gets those opportunities early and often. I think talent-wise, he's there. Uh, to wrap up my my ranking, um, I'm going to throw in Michael Pittman Jr. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I put so him I at seven. Jerry, I got Jerry Judy at five. And, again, that's just because I didn't like the landing spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I do and I don't. I, 
I just don't know the, the ver- to me the the jury's not out on on Drew Locke, so I don't know what to expect there. But um, I think they have some other weapons that they're going to take advantage of. But um, th- I think there's a reason why Jerry Judy wasn't drafted. I don't, I, I don't know what what out of all these receivers, and 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 I'll t- and I'll mention this when we wrap up the rankings. But what was the so who was drafted number one? Who was the first receiver off the board? Uh... Well, let me show it up here real quick. I've got that. Was it? No, no. Uh, It was Henry Ruggs to the Raiders at 12. Then you have Judy at 15 and CeeDee Lamb at 17. I don't know. I don't know if I would have taken Judy that early, considering all the guys that we just named off were available at that point. So, but yeah. And then I, so I have Michael Pittman Jr. I think there's some opportunity for him to um, make some waves. He's a big physical guy. Yeah, he is. Um, Philip Rivers made Tyrell Williams look, I mean, he took advantage of Tyrell Williams in and his he, time. He San comes Diego into a situation and, where he can be the number two yeah. uh, right away. Well, um, why not, right? I mean, yeah. you have you have uh, Paris Campbell, and you, who's just hasn't seen the field yet, and you have T.Y. Hilton, who's kind of, kind of in, in my opinion, in that He's AJ, in that A.J. Green, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and after that, it's like a huge drop off. You got guys like I don't know Charles Johnson. Who who knows, man? There's some yeah. there were some name no names that just yeah. Were One thing I'll say about Pittman Jr. is like the quarterback play, which has seen a lot of switching around at USC the past three years that he was there, was not great, and he was still putting up close to a thousand yard seasons. Yeah. So does that wrap up your 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 top yes. seven? Okay. Yes. Any any honorable mentions there at the end that you would? Uh, I I put your boy Ayuk from San yeah. Fran. I think it says a lot that he was selected in the first round. Uh, you know they have Debo Samuel. They have Kendrick Bourne. I know they let Emmanuel Sanders walk to New Orleans, but Ayuk is a big play guy. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to get a lot of opportunities with Kittle and the running backs stable there. Um, so that would push him just right on the outside of my top seven. Gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think I got him. He would be the next in line. A um, couple other guys to mention that it's going to be interesting. Uh, and the only reason why I'm mentioning them is just because of where they were drafted. But uh, Jalen Rieger and, and LaVisca Chenault both were drafted really high. And But it, I just don't see it with a couple yeah, of those guys. I, I mean, R- Rieger is very interesting, but the, I mean, you, you do have Alshon Jeffrey in front of you in Philadelphia, and Rieger could definitely end up as the number two, but it's, yeah. I'm very, uh, not, I'm not very optimistic on the Eagles offense this year. Yeah. Um. So going into our QBs, obviously I think we Probably hey, both let me, let me oh, one thing real quick yeah. on the wide receivers. Um, and, and I meant to throw this in there when we were talking about the NFL draft. Do you remember an NFL first round that had this many wide receivers? Um, the only thing I can think of is the AJ Green, Julio Jones. Oh, well, you know what? Wild, right? the one, the, mean, Aaron, let me go to the year uh, that I could probably tell you that there was this many was uh, – Let's look at the 2015 draft where there's a lot of wide receivers drafted. There was a lot of hype and a lot of duds. So you're looking at Amari Cooper by the Raiders at number four, Kevin White by the Bears at number seven, um, Devontae Parker, who's just had like his best year slash breakout year last year, going into his fifth year 
by the Dolphins at 14. Um, where are we at? You had Nelson Aguilar at 20. I mean, just has the dropsies with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where's another? Uh, Philip Dorsett with the Colts, who got traded like right away to to New England and didn't really do much in New England fantasy wise. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's five receivers right there. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, and yeah, Amari I'm... Cooper is really the only notable one having decent fantasy seasons. And even then, uh, what last year was his best fantasy season? Yeah, my numbers my numbers could be off, but I'm showing six. We got six wide receivers drafted in the first round this year. Um, check it. You got Ceedee Lamb, T. Higgins, Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, and Jalen Rieger was Rieger. Dra- he was drafted in the first round, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's six guys, man. So there's a lot of expectations on wide receivers this year. Now, but anyway, yeah. Sorry, uh, just, just go back to previous draft class. If you go one year earlier to 2014, where there was a lot of wide receivers drafted in the first round, and they had a, it might go down as the best wide receiver draft class of all time. You got so Sammy Watkins. You got Sammy Watkins, who was drafted by the Browns at number four, yep. but later traded to the Bills. Not a lot of people remember that. So he never even saw a snap for the Browns. He was traded to the Bills, I believe, that weekend. That's right. Uh, you got Mike Evans at number seven by the Bucks. Uh, most uh, underrated yeah. NFL player ever. <laughs> You've got OBJ by the Giants at 12. I mean, say what you will about him the last season and a half or whatever. Yep. Um, but still has had amazing fantasy seasons. Uh, you've got Brandon Cooks drafted by the Cardinals at number 20, but then later on, as we all know, traded several times to several teams. Um, uh, later on down, you've got Kelvin Benjamin, who had a good rookie season. Mm-hmm. Great rookie season. Yeah. Uh, drafted by the Panthers, um, and then just became a tight end, basically, because weight issues. Uh, so there's five wide receivers there. I mean, really, outside of Kelvin Benjamin, those four have had amazing fantasy seasons. So this this wide receiver class could go 2015 duds or 2014 studs. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so let's move on to our top QBs. Um, I think it's no coincidence. We probably both have Joe Burrow as the number one because he's probably going to see playing time day one, even with Andy Dalton there. I can definitely see them either trading Andy or just having Andy back him up. But Joe Burrow, I mean, if you don't start him day one, Get him that experience. I don't think he's somebody that needs to ride the bench. I think he's good to go. It's not going to be roses and sunshine. I could see a five or six win team compared to their two wins that they had last year. But I mean, he's I, I he he he's going to be a good quarterback. Okay. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. He's he's a competitor. He's a baller. Okay. Uh, I think we both agree on Tua at number two. Um, if he beats out Fitzpatrick for the number one spot, remains to be seen. I think he probably will and will start day one. I don't think his weapons are as good there. You know, you've got Jordan Howard at running back, and Devontae Parker at wide receiver, which is nothing compared to what Cincinnati's got brewing. Um, but he does have uh, – Joe Burrow can rush, but Tua can really rush and move the sticks with his feet if he has to. Um, and then – I, like I said earlier, uh, I'm not afraid of his injuries. I mean, look at Drew Brees. A lot of people want to compare height and have both have injury concerns in the past. And I, I like Tua to Miami. Um, I'm sure you probably have Tua as number two. 
I did. I did. Yeah. Opportunity spot and, and the fact that he is a playmaker, no doubt. Okay. Uh, number three, I think we're still in agreement. I've got Justin Herbert at number three as the third uh, QB to be drafted in a rookie draft. Uh, the only thing that scares me, man, you go back and watch his senior year. He's just making some poor decisions, poor throws. He's got that big arm. He's six foot six, like 230, 240. That was a little speed, too. Yeah, uh, very, very mobile. Um, kind of Ben Roethlisberger type, but that's what a lot of people were saying about Blake Borders coming out of UCF. But uh, I've got no faith in him whatsoever. Um, I mean, he might end up starting for the Chargers when Tyrod Taylor doesn't get the job done and they're on a two wins and maybe five or six losses streak. Uh, but at least not for this year. I mean, maybe he might come into his own uh, in his second year in the league. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I mean, I don't know. I guess if you look back to, to these re- really big, tall quarterbacks, I mean, we've had a couple come out lately, Bortles, and you mentioned. I mean, really, since Rivers and Manning and <laughs> that 2004 draft and Roethlisberger, those big uh, six five, six six. Osweiler comes to comes to. Mind. Yeah, Osweiler being at six seven, <laughs> and um, Paxton Lynch also by the Broncos. Paxton at, Lynch, that at was six one. seven, six eight. So that yeah. six six is a little concerning, <laughs> but I mean Herbert, I think definitely a little bit more mobile than those guys. Like I said, it's that yeah. Oregon offense. It's hasn't translated well. A prime example: look at Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just needs uh, you know, right situation and and right. Knows, and, and like, the Chargers not a terrible organization. I mean, you had Phil Rivers there for uh yeah. forever. Um, so who do you have as your number 4 QB? I have Jalen Hurts. And again, it, I could flip-flop him or Love. I just think that the uh, opportunity is going to be there but earlier earlier right. for Hurts than it is for Love. So yeah, yeah, definitely we are in sync. I've got Hurts at number four in front of Love. Just the fact that I don't see Love starting for at least two years. Hurts can get that playing time in this year if Wentz is going to miss one or two games, and I think it's going to happen. He's just so injury-prone. Um, and even if for some miracle reason, Wentz finishes the season all 16 games. I can see them putting Hurts in there as a gadget player, just like they do in uh, you know New Orleans with Taysom Hill. Um, at number five, Jacob Eason drafted out of uh, drafted by Indianapolis Colts at the fourth round. Uh, the reason I got him even still high above Jake, uh, Jordan Love is because Eason. I mean, if Rivers happens to retire after the season. And Jacoby Brissett's contract is up after the season as well. You've got Eason that could just come in there and take the job. Sure. Sure. No, I got you. Um, After that, Jordan Love, Green Bay, just for the fact that he's got to probably wait a year, probably two years behind A.A. Ron. Um, You put on that Utah tape. I have Jordan Love ahead of Eason. Ahead of Eason? I do, and it's because of just the rumblings going on. I, you know, we're, I read that little article earlier. I, it sounds like Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers just aren't clicking at all. And exactly. That, yeah, something's going to happen quick in, in Green yeah. Bay that that is going to put Jordan Love in in a starting role really quick. Maybe, 
I'm not. I mean, everybody wanted to make the Patrick Mahomes comparisons, and so I don't want to be the one to be like, well, you know, look at how he makes these throws, which is kind of similar to Mahomes. So I shouldn't be the one to judge when everybody, nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be what he was going to be coming out of college football. Yeah. And he makes ridiculous throws. He throws off foot. You're not supposed to throw off foot. He throws sidearm. You're not supposed to throw sidearm. Um, he throws it up into traffic and hopes for the best. And most of the time it works out when you've got Hill or Sammy Watkins down there. Is it going to work out for Love if he's doing the same thing in Green Bay with Devontae Adams? Um, oh, so, don't forget Marcus Val- Valdez-Scantling, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's Devontae Adams and next man up in Green yeah, Bay. exactly. Whoever wants uh, to play. So I, I think it's pretty easy to put Jake Fromm as our last QB. Um, I mean, he doesn't really have any shot whatsoever to take over the QB job from uh, from Allen in Buffalo, drafted in the fifth round. Uh, I mean, he had a decent career in Georgia, nothing spectacular. Um I mean, I guess I could see him maybe if Allen were to get hurt, but even then, I think he might end up being the third QB on the depth chart. As far as the court, you know, as far as this ranking list goes and the quarterbacks that are available, yeah, I mean, I think by default, Fromm is the seventh guy, but I don't, I don't think that there's anything for him anytime soon. I mean, it was kind. I didn't. The Bills made the freaking playoffs for the first time in a long time. I mean, and obviously. Honestly, outside of Burrow, Tua, and Herbert, I I wouldn't even probably touch Hurts, Eason, or even Love just for the fact that the running back class is so deep. We only have four rounds, and the wide receiver class is so deep. I would, yeah. I would stock up on running backs and wide receivers, and if one of those th- first three quarterbacks happen to be available, then yeah, take a shot at them. Um, I, maybe Burrow and Tua – quite a bit more than Herbert as the sure. only two QBs drafted in our rookie drafts. But, man, I probably wouldn't even touch the other five. I mean, it, it, I guess it all goes back to the, on how your QB situation is looking. If you've got nobody signed, then maybe take a flyer on Herbert. Yeah. Um, or the roster but yeah, I really know. do see, I mean, there's got to be better starting QBs out there who would have Burrow into a maybe ride your bench unless they get hot, you know? In a league like RSO, yeah, I'm totally with you, man. I mean, you can't have guys sitting on your bench for three years, four years, because that will kill you. So unless you, there's potential for these guys to start in year two. I don't. I'm with you. I'm not really taking chances on them. I mean, I took a chance on Drew Locke last year and didn't didn't really know what was going to happen there, and and I got him in in the fourth round. But I I don't know if. If there that opportunity for Drew Locke is the same as some of these other guys, so I'm I might stay away from uh, yeah. um, everybody but the top three. All right, so uh, to wrap us up, let's uh, we're gonna switch on over to some uh, recent transactions in uh, both our leagues that we commish, uh, just to see anything that just kind of pops out at us. Uh, let's start with. Uh, your league, Jeb, I've actually made quite a few trades. I think I've probably been the most active trades-wise in both of the leagues that we commissioned. Um, I traded Sammy Watkins to a, another owner in your league strictly for uh, Tony Pollard straight up. Sammy was costing me 20 mil, and Pollard is a possible backup to Zeke. I felt like that was a good trade. Um, 
Sammy saw those three touchdowns in the beginning of the season and then just off the cliff from after that. Okay. Uh, what's yeah, the trade I, that? I, don't know. I wasn't a huge fan of the trade. I thought <laughs> Sammy Watkins. Had oh a yeah, definitely more. more more fantasy value, but it was um, a contract it, thing, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to: is the money. It, it comes straight up to yeah, the money. It's do I want to pay twenty million in cap space to a guy who's gonna get me <laughs> three touchdowns? Yeah, maybe three touchdowns throughout the entire season average, and then you're looking at. 50 to 60 receiving yards, if that, on a regular week-to-week basis. So it was strictly about the money that I'm going to use somewhere else come auction time. So what's a trade that kind of piqued your interest in your league? Uh, I would have to say, in, in at least in my league, the trade between um, El Duterino and Pure Luck with uh, that 1.1 spot, which I know some of you guys are really into right now. Um <laughs> For Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson. I mean, and that first, was a huge trade. Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, I mean, those are, it, it's hard to get deals done, especially multiple players that are big names like that in a deal. But I think at the end of the day, I, I see why it was done. And, and really, I don't, I don't think any one owner had, I, I got off on one owner. I, I, right. I think I think I had, had more of a favorite side, but it wasn't by a landslide or anything. Um, yeah, I, I, man, that 1.1. So El Dude Reno's well, gonna get Lamar Jackson, who was the best fantasy QB last year, and hold Derek on, Henry. Hold on. Are, are you a Chiefs fan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'm still saying that El Dude Reno got the better of the trade in receiving. Yeah, yeah, none of none of what happened last year is gonna translate much to the current year. Lamar Jackson's probably not gonna be the number one fantasy QB two years in a row. It never happens. It, and it definitely never happens with running backs two years in a row where Derrick Henry's not going to be the best fantasy sure. running back. But, but you could make a case for them both being top five. Yeah, so, I was going to say. They, they're he has still two top five players. players. And I believe Jackson, I think he only has like two years left on the contract, and Derrick Henry has maybe one year left on his rookie contract. That's immense value. I mean, if you wanted to, dude, Reno could extend Henry. and But still, I mean, that... Uh, Two top five players for a 1.1, and let if he uses it on Clyde's Edwards Hilaire, or if Pure Luck uses it on Jonathan Taylor at the 1.1 rookie uh, draft pick, that does not equal the value that I'm sorry that Henry and Lamar are going to put out. Even so, so, what you're telling uh, Pure Luck is that he needs to to trade down and and, and hose yeah. you guys at 1.1. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I, I will admit that throughout the week, me and I know for a certain fact that my dad as well have both. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is, is he a Chiefs fan too? <laughs> yeah, have been trying to pry that 1.1 for pure luck. Um, yeah. and it is not happening. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's not I happening it's because I think pure right luck. Yeah, I think pure luck uh, definitely values that 1.1 way higher than it should be. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I had Clyde Edwards Hilaire, that would be awesome. But it's not worth in some of the uh, requests that he's asked for two high first round picks. And I mean high as in the number three and number four, or as in what I've seen, my dad offer up Zeke straight up for 1.1. That, that sounds like bitterness talking. I, I don't know. Am I still talking to Joe here or is this bitterness? This is. This is bitter Chiefs fan not getting Clyde Edwards. What would you say two weeks ago? (laughs) (laughs) 
right. Uh, a trade that pops out to me. Um, n- none really for your league. Uh, so let me switch over to my league. Um, the big trade that really only happened is uh, between me and Father Nelson, Justin. Um, he was looking to drop Chris Carson, who had a significant injury last season, and James Conner, who had a really bad year last season. Um, Chris Carson has two years left on his deal. He's about $16 million this year, I believe $18 million next year. James Conner costs less than a million. Um, I told him, look, I'm a little bit worried injury-wise for both of them, and you've got Rashad Penny backing up Chris Carson, and James Conner might not even be the starter. So, I mean, I, I told him straight up I'm willing to deal some second rounds, but no first-round picks. I didn't even have a first-round pick, yeah. so I traded him uh, a 2020 second this year, a second 2020 second this year, and a 2021 third-rounder next year for Chris Carson and James Conner. Now, if both happen to be healthy and both get a 1,000-yard seasons, which they've done, Chris Carson has done in multiple years in the past, and James Conner somehow gets healthy and – Pittsburgh loves to use just one running back throughout the whole season. They're not really a running back by committee type of team. I'm going to look like a genius. If they get hurt, then I'll be like, okay, that's fine. They're going to be backups to Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara on my team. For what you gave up, I I don't think even if they don't work out, it's not that bad. Because, again, you know, one of the things we were talking about is second and third round picks is the hit rate percent. I mean – why not take a chance on a couple of running backs that have been productive at times um, and, and risk, you know, a, a roll of the dice with these other draft picks? So I, I don't think it's that bad at all. I mean, let's see what I guess another thing you can look at is, well, let's see what what does Father Nelson do with those draft picks, right? I mean, if he hits right. on them, then, you know, then he looks like rec- deep wide receiver class. Yeah, but not back class. It's deep, but still, second and third round, I mean, how much depth is there, right? I mean, it, let's say there's, of the top, I don't know, 15 picks, right? That would be I'll, I'll say this. Last second year, round. Last year's rookie class, even going into it, before we knew what we know now, that was a terrible rookie class. Yeah. As far as, like, stud day one wide receivers, stud day one running backs. I mean, Montgomery, are, is anybody happy, happy with how his role turned out in Chicago so far, or Sanders, who didn't really get even get used towards the playoffs. I got Sanders. I got Sanders. I, I know you do. <laughs> um, uh, no, I got you. Luke I'm a James Conner guy, right? I thought James Conner. I drafted James Conner. I drafted him when the, my first year when I joined your league, and I got him. traded for him. So he's he he's was, well worth the price. I, I right. drafted James Conner, just so you know. I drafted James Conner in every single one of my RSO leagues. In either the late second round or, or I think a third round, depending on the league. But um, the dude has heart, man. He's a physical running back. He doesn't avoid contact. He goes for it. Yeah. So is, for the cost, I mean, why not, right? And him and Chris Carson are very similar, uh, yeah. I'd say, style. You know, hard nose, maybe one cut runner, and then yeah. just downhill. Um, and they both have some receiving uh, capabilities. Oh, well. yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it, it's just the fact that you've got Penny backing up Chris Carson, even though Penny was injured, too. And they had to revert to Travis Homer as the third round, uh, third running back on the roster. And then Connor has got Snell and Jalen Samuels and McFarland drafted. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But if I can get 600 all-purpose yards from both and five touchdowns from both, I'll 
feel like that's a success. Uh, yeah, no, I got you. And I think you're right. That's about the only trade we're talking about. There's there's a couple of acquisitions in there that yeah. don't necessarily uh, fall under the trade category. But and, one, and, that, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, as far as acquisitions, anything notable um, that I see is um, you've got Nelson drop, Nelson drop Kirk Cousins. I think that was just that he's got so many QBs on his roster. Yeah, I, I didn't see what the contract was. But, yeah, I looked, when I pulled up the report, I was surprised to see that name there. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I didn't compare the two. So. And you've got, uh, in my league, uh, Purple Pain Josh dropped Antonio Brown. I, that's a no-brainer. Man, yep. he paid a lot for him last year, though. Yep. And also for paying, dropping Davian Williams, who is like uh, what you said to me earlier, twenty-eight million cap hit. Uh, yeah, right out over two years. Yeah, the I know it's not big name or anything, but a notable drop here is from the I guess the new whoever the Rolling Stoners is now, but Don yeah, Dante Foreman is that yeah. his name? Deontay yeah, Foreman, who's a free agent. I think I know of another guy um, that might consider dropping him. I'm not going to say any names, but just Stewart. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, let, I, I tell you, Deontay Foreman is a prime example or a lesson to be learned. Don't let your pride uh, take over because a lot of people drafted Deontay Foreman in the first round. Hoping he'd take over that Texans running back role. Yeah, man. He's, I don't know. I don't know if he plays another down in the NFL. I'm, I'd call that's a uh, call it a bold prediction, but geez, man, is is he even irrelevant anymore? Uh, probably not. I yeah. mean, I mean, he snapped his um his Achilles, right? Yeah. Achilles, Achilles is. A lot of people talk about eight coming back from the ACL. The Achilles, I feel like, is a lot harder to come back from. Yeah, I agree. And then just one other quick note. Yeah. You, you Antonio Brown and 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 the uh, the pain that Purple Pain felt with his contract last year. <laughs> I, you know. One of the do you have do you have his contract is, number on you uh, uh, pulled up? Do you have how much was he being paid last year? I don't, I don't. That would be in the dead cap. But one of the what I was getting to was uh, that's a great opportunity to take advantage of the the uh, injured reserve um, right. space. Is if you have a bogus contract of a guy that you know maybe it doesn't expire that year and in a couple years down the line. I mean, and you just don't want the contract. Slap him on IR and don't look back. Right. All right, well, that wraps up our first episode pre-rookie draft. We'll definitely try to churn one out individually for both leagues. Um, Maybe next week after my rookie draft and then the following week after your league's rookie draft. Uh, But I appreciate you chatting with me, and I will uh, get to working on getting this podcast out. I will uh, talk to you later. All right, guys. Suck it easy.